0: Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. I heard a story once of a little boy. and He went to Sunday school, and after Sunday school, his dad picked him up. And as, his, as he and his dad were walking back to the car after church, and the dad could tell his son was, was really thinking about, about something. He could tell his son had a lot on his mind. and he, The dad reached over and he said, son, are you okay? He said, yeah. He said, uh, what's going on? The son looked up at his dad and he said, Daddy, God made the whole world, right? Yeah, son, he did. Okay, Daddy. um, And God's bigger than the whole world, right? Yeah, he is. Well, Daddy, and God lives inside of me, Right? Yeah, he he does. All right, Daddy. Well, if God made the whole world, and God's bigger than the whole world, and he's living inside of me, shouldn't he be bursting out of me? Yes, son, he should be bursting out of each and every one of us. Because God is so much bigger. He's bigger than anything we could ever imagine or think. And he's living inside of each of those who choose to follow him. And he hopes to be bursting out of each and every one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. And God, I thank you, God, that you are so big. You're bigger than the coronavirus. You're bigger than anything else that we could think or even attempt to fear, Lord. God, you don't fear a thing. You're not worried. You're not intimidated. You're never caught off guard. Lord, I thank you that you are in control of our lives. Lord, that you have a plan for each and every one of us. Lord, I thank you. God, that you are a big, big God doing big, big things in a big, big way. And Lord, I ask that you'd speak to us and encourage us this morning, Lord, wherever we are and whatever's going on in our lives. Lord, I pray for those who are at church, Lord, all over the valley today. Lord, I pray for those who are at Christ church. Um, Lord, speak through Adam. Lord, this morning, and God, I pray uh, for Gateway and CCV and Calvary, and desert breeze, Lord. God I ask that you'd speak to us this morning at City View. And Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. This is something big. This is something bigger. Sure, that's big. That's bigger. That is big. Now I can see Not as big as that. You made a it. Big. Now can see you made a Bigger. It. Now. Big. That's bigger. That's big. So much bigger. This is big. But that's, well, you got this. bigger. You know, I think we forget how big God is. I think we forget how big God wants to be. I think we forget how big life is and how big life intends to be. I think we forget how big God wants to be in and through you. I think we forget how big the world is and how small we are. You know, this is the biggest inflatable globe I could find. And if you were to see here in Arizona, there's a dot I made. There's a star for Phoenix. And there's a tiny little dot. And we're smaller than that. And life... And our world is so big, and we can be so wrapped up in the life that we have and the things that are going on around us that we forget how big life is. And with this video, I, I, I had this idea last year. I saw this commercial, and I reached out to a buddy of mine named Ursel. I said, hey, I like this video, but I want, will, you, will you make a new one for me? I go, and here are the things that I want. And I I told them the different experiences that I want, whether it's a candy bar and somebody sharing or or these things that we look at. And we're like, well, that's big. But then you see those moments of that library. And I don't know if you've ever been absorbed by a library that is so big with so many books. And we think, wow, this is so big. And then you see that dad, which I know that dad. I know that guy. And I know his desire is so desirous to be. The best daddy can be. And then you see that moment of he's he's got his kids sitting on his lap reading and how much bigger that is. And we miss out on these big moments that can happen in life, these big moments that can be done in your life. And, and we get so wrapped up in these little things. And, and as we study and look at this next series, we're going to look at different things and how Jesus takes this moment with somebody. Jesus takes this moment with one person or a small group of people. And he desires to blow up their mind and help them realize how much bigger it is of what he's wanting to do. Jesus makes this statement in John chapter 3, verse 16. If you want to turn there, you can. It's going to be on the screen. If you have the version Bible app, you can follow. You can look at CityView. You, oh, you can find us if you go to the events page over on the far right. It's going to be right there. If you have our app, you can see it right there. Lots of convenient ways of following with the passages. But in John chapter 3, verse 16 in the New Living Translation, I memorized it in the King James however many years ago, but the New Living Translation reads like this. For this is how God loved the world. The world. A couple of weeks ago, we went and we checked out that new facility, which I'm still waiting on a lease, just so you know. If you've asked, if you're wondering, still waiting. But I had each and every one of you write down a name. Some of you wrote down multiple. I just want you to know every morning I pray through that list takes me five minutes and 45 seconds, 47 seconds, to pray for every single name on that list. So if some of you haven't invited them yet, start. They're being prayed for. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. You see, this is a verse, it's, it's one of the most popular verses. It's, it's a verse that's written on sports players' shoes. People hold it at sporting events. People write it on their eyes. People get it tattooed. It's, it's one of the most Googled, one of the most looked up verses in the Bible. Get, what, what came about? What, what was the whole purpose of that one verse? Was, was Jesus trying to make a sticky statement? There are some pastors, and their whole thing is trying to create that one sticky statement that everybody's going to try to remember. They're all about a statement. Was that what, is that what Jesus was trying to do? He's like, okay, right now I'm gonna be in a, in a statement, but I want to create the stickiest statement possible. I got it, God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I want I want it be memed. I want it tweeted. Anything. That, no, Jesus was in a conversation. He was in a conversation with one guy, and the conversation started in John chapter three verse one. It says, "There was a man named Nicodemus." a Jewish leader, Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus and he said, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Isn't it true that some of the best conversations happen late at night? Some of the best conversations, some of the best times are late at night, you're tired, you've had plenty of coffee, homework is done, and you're just talking, it's 1, 2 in the morning, and it is just like, you can be, it, there's just something about that time. That wasn't one of these conversations. It wasn't those when you get slap happy and you laugh at everything kind of conversation. It wasn't those where you say the dumbest things, where you've drank way too much and you're all of a sudden in the middle of a great conversation because of all the things that you've done earlier that night. No, it wasn't that kind of conversation. It was this guy who risked everything to talk to Jesus. It was a guy named Nicodemus who, who knew that, okay, if, if, if the leadership, if my friends, if the people know that I went and talked to Jesus, my reputation, my life, everything about me, my job is on the line. So he does it late at night. He risked everything. That's why he met late at night. And he comes to Jesus and he says this. He says, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. We we understand that God sent you to to do this. He admits that Jesus is important. He admits that. All of his friends understand that Jesus is significant. He understands that 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 Jesus is is somebody totally different. But he only thinks that he's a prophet, a good teacher. He has no idea how big of a deal Jesus is. He has no idea how big of a deal this this moment, this late night conversation. He has no clue that this moment with Jesus is with not just a man who's there to teach, but he's there to do so much more. He doesn't really understand who this person is that God has sent. And Jesus replies to him in verse 3, and he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus then says, he says, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replies, as I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives life to the spiritual life, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. Jesus starts to stretch his mind, and he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about this day when those who will be with God in heaven. He says, you must be born again to go to the kingdom of God. You must be born again to be part of the kingdom of God. You you, you can't just be who you are now. And to a Jew, to a person who grew up in the Jewish society at that time, th- this was foreign to them. Because in their understanding If you were born a Jew, you automatically had a ticket to heaven. That's what they thought. They thought anybody born a Jew, you automatically are going to heaven. That's your, that's your ticket to heaven. You didn't have to worry about it. You didn't have to worry about how you lived your life or anything. And they actually believed there were some who were taught that Abraham stood at the gates of hell just in case one Jew made it through the filter of who gets to go to heaven and who has to go to hell. And he was standing there at the gate. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait a minute. You're a Jew. You're not supposed to go. You went the wrong way. You took, you took the wrong turn. Go back up to heaven. They believe that. And so Jesus, as he's in this conversation with Nicodemus, he's saying it's it's so much different and it's so much bigger. Heaven is, is meant for so much more. You see, they expected the Messiah to bring a new world. They were not expecting him to bring a new life. You see, and so Nicodemus, as he's there in this conversation with, with Jesus, and, you know, we, we all focus so much on this one verse, for God so loved the world that he gave. We don't realize that a conversation happened between one man and Jesus in the middle of the night, that Jesus took time for one person. He took time out of his day for one person to have one conversation so that we might have a verse that has changed so many lives. Jesus paused for a moment. And Jesus makes, the he, he's saying as he says, but you must be born again. He's, he's making the, the, the playing field level amongst all people, amongst all Jews and Gentiles. Anybody born on earth, he says, all can go to heaven. All can be in the kingdom of God. You must be born again. You must have a changed life. But this doesn't make sense to Nicodemus. He's trying so hard to understand it, but he's trying to understand it literally. He says, okay, so wait a minute. You're telling me I've got to go back inside my mom. That's not possible. I don't know how many of you moms out there have ever had kids. How would you like that to happen? If God, every time somebody is like, I want to have a changed life, I want to be born again, all of a sudden, your 50-year-old son's like, hey, mom, I, got, I need a minute with you. And she's like, no, you're quite bigger than uh, the last time I saw you. And and so that's what Nicodemus, he's he's trying to wrap his mind around literally what Jesus is saying. And I think sometimes, have you ever had those people in your life where where they purposefully are taking you literally and you don't want it to be literal? Sort of like Drax on, um, on Guardians of the Galaxy. Everything is literal to him. If you've never seen it, I'm sorry. And so that's this moment. He's trying to understand it literally. And Jesus says to him, but he says, okay, you see the wind. The wind comes and it goes, and you don't fully understand the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it started, and you don't know where it's going to end. And you're okay with not understanding that, yet you're not okay with not understanding new life. You're not okay with understanding this. You know, and I think for all of us, when it comes to certain things, we're okay with not understanding them. We're okay with not understanding, I don't know, how your car really works. Like for me, I get in my car, and I'm okay with not fully understanding how the whole thing works. I'm just happy that when I put my key in and I turn it, it works. I'm happy with that. I don't have to understand that when I put my key in, I turn it, something starts something else, the battery and the, the alternator, and that does something else over on the, in the gap. I don't, I don't have to understand it. I'm just like, turn it on. I don't even thank the Lord every time it actually works. I just turn it on. Now, how many of you are mad when it doesn't work? How many of you care how it doesn't work? You're like, it just doesn't work. Somebody fix it. We're okay with that. Yeah, I agree. We all are. Electricity. I'm happy when I flip the light switch, it comes on. If it doesn't come on, more than likely, I'm going to go check the breaker box. If that doesn't work, I'm going to call my father-in-law and say, hey, why doesn't it work? And he's going to tell me something, and I'm going to sound like a dummy, and then it works. But I don't care how it works. I just want it to work. Our phones. We're only mad when they don't work. Like right now, you're wondering, why in the world do I only get one bar? It's because all cell phone companies have a conspiracy against us. That's why. It's the coronavirus or something. Who knows? It got on your phone. Gravity. I don't care. Your spouse. You don't know how they work. You're still trying to figure it out. Some of you have been married forever. You're like, I still don't know how my spouse works. But I'm happy they still love me, and I'm happy I love them back, and that's it. We, we ha- we're we okay, but then for some of us, it's so hard for us to say, but I don't get faith. I don't get faith. It doesn't make sense. But we're okay with all these other things, yet when it comes to God, we want it all to understand at all times. But I, I don't think we understand that, but there are so many other things in life that we say, well. It's okay. I'm just have faith. It's gonna work. You put your key in. It works. You put the light switch. It works. You go home to your spouse at the end of the day. You're like, it works. But we're like, God, what? I don't get you. You see, faith is so similar, and that's sort of how Nicodemus is in this moment. He's like, but I don't get it. And Jesus is trying to get Nick to realize that things are so much bigger than they seem, that God's love is so much bigger than he seems, that God's love is not only secluded to one small little place in the world. You see, in Nicodemus' mind, this is where God's love sat. This is it. That's it. Israel, right there. God loves Israel. Israel that God so died for the people of Israel. And it wasn't even death that God is going to allow the people of Israel to reign and rule and be the dominating. That's their mind. That's what they thought, that God was going to come and give them new world power. That's where their mind was. They were so limited on what was going on. And Jesus was getting ready to blow his mind up. Jesus was getting ready to show him that my love and my desire to use you in this world is so much bigger than you can ever imagine or think. And Nicodemus says in verse 9, how are these things possible? I love that somebody so smart doesn't get it. Have you ever felt like there's something so much bigger than you and you're like, why don't I get this? It seems so simple. Other people get it. Why don't I? Have any of you ever been there? You're like, why don't I? Nicodemus, one of the smartest people, and Jesus says this right here. We're going to understand, Nicodemus wasn't like some low-level religious guy. Nicodemus wasn't some, like, entry-level guy that's like, you know, I'm new here. How do you do this? It says, Jesus says to him, you are a respected Jewish teacher. That means other Jewish leadership look up to him. He was the significant, significant guy. He understood the law. He understood God. He understood this big picture. Yet his mind was so small. Jesus says, how is it that you do not understand? And yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what you know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can, I, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Jesus here is making this point. He says, you're such a, 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 a responsible and a good guy, you, you don't understand this idea of, of new birth, of life change. How many of you have ever seen somebody who went through this major life change, and you look at him, you go, what's different? Have you ever seen that? Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the person that people looked at and they said, what's changed? We see the evidence of the wind, and that's the point Jesus is making right here. He says, you see the evidence of the wind. If Those people who were in Tennessee this week, they saw the evidence of the wind, didn't they? You see the evidence of the wind. Now, how many people have ever seen the evidence of the wind in your life? They've seen God move in your life in ways that they didn't even know that was possible. Have people ever noticed that in you? Where they see that there's something different in how you make choices and how you talk and in what you say, maybe on your sports teams or in your roommates or at school or at work. They notice that you don't ever chime into those kind of situations. And there's evidence. And that's what Jesus is talking about. How do you not get this that life change happens in people? that's what Jesus is saying. He says, no one, verse 13, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. Jesus here is making a point. He says, you don't get this heaven to earth and back. He says, you just said that I'm sent by God. He says, I get these things. He's letting Nicodemus know in this, in this moment, in this conversation, I get these things. I understand the heavenly things. And then he takes him back to a story that they all understand that they believed. He said, and as Moses, as Moses, not Moses, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. So Jesus goes back to the story uh, that he understands in this, this vein, this, this faith vein that, that Nicodemus would get. And he takes him back to a story found in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. And in Numbers, the people of Israel were just being pains in the butt. Have you ever had those moments where those people in your life, they're just being a pain in the butt? And you just wish something would get their attention. you ever have those moments? Maybe it's your coworkers, maybe it's your your spouse, maybe it's your kids, who knows what it is. We have those moments where people are just being a pain in the butt. And that's sort of the people of Israel. They're being so selfish, so wrapped up in themselves, and they're just forgetting about God. They're forgetting everything that God has saved them from, everything that God had done in their lives. They've lost track of what faith looks like. They've lost track of how mighty and how powerful God is. So God does this thing. He says, Moses, I want you to make this staff. And I want you to put a bronze serpent on the staff. And it's found in Numbers. You can read the story. He said, I'm going to send snakes. And the whole purpose of this, this, what I'm doing, is I want the people to have faith in me. I want the people to realize that faith is so simple. He says, if any of them were to be bit by the snake, all they have to do is look at the staff with the snake on it. That's all they have to do. Now, how many people would be like, I don't get that. That's way too hard. It's got to be easier. Have, somebody suck the blood out. Somebody suck the, 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 the poison out of my leg. And I wonder how many people are like, no, I want you to do that. Suck the poison. They're like, all you have to do is, is go look at the, this. I'm not going to do that. I just want you to suck the blood. It makes me think of City Slickers. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where he has to suck the poison out. And I wonder how many, how many people are like, no, just suck the poison out. And he's like, no, 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 just look over there. I wonder how many people. Did not want to risk or did not want to try to have that simple of faith. And Jesus is trying to get Nicodemus to realize that faith in God is the same. It's so simple. It's just a matter of looking to him and saying, God, I believe that you've got my life under control. And then Jesus as he's opening Nicodemus's mind and he's helping him realize that God so loved the world. As he's helping him realize that there's this new life is not just meant for Israel. This new life is meant for the whole world. And then Jesus says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, God loves the world. That he gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him doesn't have to perish, but they could have eternal life. Nicodemus, do you not get God's love for the world? Nicodemus, you, you admitted in verse 2 that you, you, you believe, you all believe that God sent me. He makes a statement, okay, Jesus, we know that you are sent of God. We know that you are sent of God. We know that you've come from God. This is a statement never made to anybody else. Nobody else in Scripture have they said, we know that you have been sent by God. It's like he's saying, we understand you're important. We know that God sent you to teach us, and Jesus responds, but it's so much bigger than that. God sent me to save you. God didn't just send me. He didn't just give me as a gift. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave. That idea of the word gave in, in, in John chapter three, verse six, is the idea of giving somebody a gift of great value. That's what that word gave means, to give somebody a gift of great value. For God so loved the world that he gave. God didn't send me, Jesus says, God didn't send me just to teach you all these things that you're doing wrong. How many of us have ever thought that was the whole thing about Christianity? It's what you're doing wrong. It's helping point out all the things that you're doing wrong. All the ways that you should be living different. All those rules and all those things. And and we think that. No, Jesus says, God's love is so much bigger than that. God loves the world so much that he sent me to save it. God didn't just send me, Jesus is saying, God didn't just send me to you, the Jews. It's so much bigger than that. God didn't just send me to this one area to change you. He says, but salvation is for anyone and everyone who believes. And Jesus is saying, it's, it's it's not a matter of how much better your life is. It's so much bigger than that. God saved me to give you eternal life forever, Not just a good life for the moment. Some of us want a a good life in the moment, but Jesus wants to change our life for eternity. And then Jesus makes this statement. Jesus says, God sent his son. Have you ever noticed that? John 3, 2, Nicodemus says, we understand that God sent you. And Jesus Says in verse 17, but God sent his son. He uses the same word, same idea, same understanding. He says, it's so much bigger than just to teach you. He says, for God sent his son into the world not to judge the world. And I know some of us, we feel judged by God. We feel like God is just hovering over us, waiting for us to make a mistake, waiting for us to do something wrong, waiting for us to just do one thing that he might bring down the gavel and say, look at what you did. He says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. I was sent to save not to judge Jesus says. I was sent to save not to teach. I was sent to I was sent to the world not just for you but for the world. Jesus is saying I was sent for for something so much bigger than everything you could ever think. I was sent to save the world and you know we we get we can get so wrapped up and we can get our minds so small that we don't realize how big God is. We don't realize how big this world and everybody in it is. You don't realize how big your impact is. So many of us, we're living with such small impact. And we don't realize what can possibly happen through you. What could possibly happen if you actually started praying? Not just for your food, but with your life. We don't realize how big of an impact can happen if you actually started to serve the life that could be changed if you got out of your comfort zone just a little bit and did something bigger than you if if while you're at work you made it a point to actually live like a christian and not just live a good life but live a life where people look at you and say there's something different about you because our world is so wrapped up they think that god is sent to judge and it's sad when you get in those conversations and anytime you mention god or church immediately people go on the defensive because of what has been done and that's so far from my heart so far from my heart jesus was sent for you jesus was sent for the person next to you jesus was sent for your neighbor jesus was sent for your roommate jesus was sent for your coworker jesus was sent for the world this week i was talking to some college students at my my new favorite coffee shop if you haven't gone there yet check it out daily drip and I was talking to these college students that were in my youth group years ago. And I was telling them one of the reasons why I do the things that I do, why I choose to work out of coffee shops sometimes, why I choose to put my kids on football teams, why, why we do things we do. And I say, because my wife and I believe that we've got to have an impact in the world. We want to take every opportunity to share Jesus with people. Because I believe that not only does Jesus make my life better, but, better, but he, makes my, he makes me better at life. I believe that. I believe that Jesus is so, so much bigger than anything I could ever imagine or think. But even in my own life, I, I minimize Jesus. We we can just make Jesus sort of North America Jesus. Arizona Jesus. Phoenix Jesus. We don't realize that Jesus is so much bigger than that. I've been praying for revival as I pray through that list of names every single day every morning I pray I timed it the other day because I wanted to know how long does this actually take to pray over this list 5 minutes and 47 seconds I I tried it another time and then I forgot to turn my timer off and then I remembered and it was like 3 hours later I'm like it doesn't take me 3 hours that's ADD for you I've been praying God may that list be the beginning of revival for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but that they might have eternal life. And Jesus says, Nicodemus, I came for so much more than you could ever imagine or think. I came for more than just you and the religious leaders. I came for you, for you and more than just the Jewish people. He says, Nicodemus, I came for the world. He says, you believe that God sent me, but he didn't just send me to you. He sent me to everyone. So as that little boy told his dad, he says, Daddy, so if God made the whole world and God is bigger than the world and God lives inside me, shouldn't he be bursting out of me? Yes, son. He should be bursting out of each and every one of us Lord some of us we've been really struggling with faith and whether or not to take that step of faith and just to to believe that you can change and do things in our life Lord that we never imagined or think could happen and Lord I pray God that we would take that step of faith today. Lord, even though it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to make sense. There's a lot of things in our life, Lord, that we don't get then and we're okay with. Lord, I pray that we take that step of faith today. If you are in this room today and you've been battling that step of faith, you've been struggling with whether or not you need to take that step with God and and if, what does that mean for you? It doesn't have to make sense a step I have a little niece, she's just learning to walk it doesn't have to make sense to her on how that works she's okay with falling she just gets back up she's talking right now maybe you need to just take that step right now a little step saying okay I'm gonna trust you if that's you this morning, I want you to pray with me. Say, dear God, I've been battling this faith thing. God, I want to take a step and trust in you today. I want to trust that your son, Jesus, wants to save me and set me free. God, forgive me of my past. Forgive me of anything I'm going to do in my future. Thank you for loving me now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.